Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio, conversations to grow your business. Now here's your host, Roz Lewis. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Radio, conversations to grow your business. Today, I'm joined with uh, Roz Lewis with the GWBC and Susan Gravely with Gravely and Associates. And we're going to talk about an important topic, business insurance. Are you covered in a crisis? Welcome, Roz. Good morning, Lee. And good morning, Stone. You know, there's always that person that's behind the scenes that we (laughs) have to make sure we give some visibility to and hope both of you all are doing good and most importantly, that you're healthy. Um, yeah, so far, so, so good. Good, good. I, I am glad to hear this. You know, this is truly unprecedented times, you know, that we're living in right now and experiencing these days, battling the coronavirus, COVID-19. Who thought we would be constantly saying, you know, those words? I know that some of you all are saying that this is an invisible enemy that we're fighting, but I really prefer to say that it's very visible. And we see it every day in the news cycle with people who have the illness and the frontline hospital staff, the medical professionals and the suppliers, the government leaders who are trying to combat this every hour and every day and our corporate leaders as well. So quite frankly, we're all in this together. And it is going to take a united front in order to combat all this. But I don't know if you've noticed, Lee, but I will tell you here at the Greater Women's Business Council, we are really experiencing the true test of the supply chain, you know, of the needed items, you know, to support fighting this pandemic. So we're reaching out to our women businesses, you know, for their supplies you know, for corporate and government requests. I mean, I sent a list last night. For some reason, midnight is usually my time to be sending these lists from requests because requests come in as late as that, you know, just trying to get personal protective equipment. You know, and there's such a limited inventory, you know, in the supply chain right now. But our suppliers are, are given lead times of about four to six weeks on it. Well, I agree with you. This is a time where the public entities and the private entities are going to have to work together to solve this problem like historically we have in this country, you know, over the decades and over the centuries that we've been around. So we're usually pretty good in a crisis. So I'm I'm pretty bullish on America and our abilities to work together and rise up to solve this challenge that we're all in. And um, today is an important day for us because we're going to be trying to help our uh, business leaders uh, navigate this water. And uh, and we're going to cover a topic, business insurance, that a lot of people maybe weren't paying attention to, but they better be paying attention to today. Don't you agree, Roz? Oh, I definitely agree. And, you know, too often we say, you know, we pay premiums, we pay all this money for insurance. But it is literally just for that purpose. It is when you need it. It is there in a crisis when you're having to focus on so many other things, you know, that is your backup. But 
as the saying goes too, uh, with your insurance policies, the devil is in the details, right? And so it is having an understanding of what's in your policy, what is truly covered and what is not covered. So we're very fortunate this, you know, today to have uh, with us Susan uh, Gravely of Gravely and Associates, and we're welcoming her back. Um, we talked about insurance earlier this year with her. And so people were not in the same frame of mind to listen to some of the information she probably had to say. And hopefully they are today to really be proactive as to how we're going to move forward. So it depends on what your policies say, you know, today as to whether or not they will be effective for you. But even if they're not, is how do you plan for the future? How do we do that? So, you know, Susan, welcome to the show. Thank We're very you. happy to have you. And let's get right to it, because I know these business owners, you know, have been seeking um, a lot of assistance, you know, from their insurance plans. And and in some pl- um, um, areas, they're probably getting a little surprised about what's covered and what's not. So, uh, you know, let me start out by asking you, what approach have you seen, you know, from the insurance carriers, you know, that you represent as it relates specifically, you know, to the coronavirus? Well, that's a great question. And Roz, Lee, and Stone, thank you so much for having me back on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I appreciate the opportunity to reach out to our women-owned businesses and discuss this and hopefully answer some questions uh, and maybe lay some fears to rest, too. So, first of all, what we are seeing, I am getting inundated with emails and or phone calls from our insurance carriers on a daily basis. Um, They're posting on their websites. They are sending emails to agencies and brokers concerning the health and welfare of, of course, their employees, uh, their clients, which would be their policyholders, and the interactions with all aspects of their respective communities. And the general consensus is, of course, they are referring everyone to the CDC website. Uh, they want to make sure that you as a business owner, if you are working from home and or maybe working within your business, that you are practicing and following those guidelines um, based on that area of concern impacting your business and community. You know, the hand washing, the social distancing, the antibacterial, all of those things are coming into play and they are really pushing that agenda so that we can weather this crisis and everyone can get back to work and get back to normal. Um, So we are seeing that and we are also seeing some specific information coming from these insurance carriers as to how a business owner's property, casualty, and workers' compensation apply to the impact that the coronavirus may have on your business and your employees. So we are seeing, I'm seeing that every single day from these insurance carriers. Well, if that's the case, you know, is the business income interruption coverage included in most policies? What about the property insurance language as it relates to the coronavirus? That's a great question. Um, and, And basically, that's where, that's where your policy starts is under the property coverage. Most policies do have some form of business interruption and or business income coverage, but it is triggered by an actual loss, physical loss, to your property that is insured. So if you look at the policy itself 
And these policies are, are written, the policy forms are written by the Insurance Services Office. Okay, so that is a national organization that actually drafts these policy forms. And then your respective insurance carrier adopts those forms, and then they can in turn either limit coverage or they can enhance coverage based on what the industry they are insuring. Okay, so every policy is different, but it starts with the same basis from these ISO, Insurance Services Office, policy forms. So if, if you look at the property language under this, areas of coverage are covered property, which are buildings, business personal property, things of that nature. You have to, you have, to have an actual physical loss to the building. And I'm talking about, it could be anything from a fire to, you know, vandalism to anything along those lines that cause an actual physical loss to your property for that coverage to apply. And if you have an actual physical loss that is sudden and accidental in nature to that physical property, then your business interruption and or your business income coverage is triggered. Unfortunately, with the situation that we're in right now, your physical property, your building can still be occupied. Um, there is not a physical loss that inhibits you from occupying that property. And, and this is a virus. And typically what we see, there is a, an insurance form called the CP0140, which is an absolute exclusion for loss due to virus and or bacteria. And you can look in your policy form, your agent should be able to give you that information. And that form has been on these policies since 2006. Of course, we haven't had an issue with this up until now. If you think about the coronavirus is a virus, but the flu is also a virus. Have we ever closed because of the flu? No, we haven't. Not really. Not, not to this extent. So this is a new territory for insurance policyholders insurance carriers. So we are trying to navigate those waters with our clients the best way that we can. So you're saying that basically with the civil authority and the mandatory closings, this is really not covered, you know, under any of the income or interruption coverage? Or how does that affect it? That, oh, it that is true because it okay. does. Even if you're closed by civil authority, typically civil authority closes you for, um, I, and I'll read, I'll read the explanation, the business income or extra, extra expense and there is no physical loss and or damage to the property by covered cause of loss. Again, you have to have direct physical damage to the property. So let's take, for instance, you know, if your building burns. Or, or your building is partially burned and the government comes in or, or your county comes in and says, okay, you've got to close the entire building. And you could house law offices, doctor's offices, you know, multiple offices in that building, but it's not accessible because of that fire. Well, then you have a, you're closed by civil authority. You have an actual physical loss to the property then your business interruption and or your business income coverage would apply. And I was going to ask, you know, because you just mentioned doctor's offices, you know, and, and quite frankly, under this, the status that we are today, 
it's all hands on deck, you know, for our healthcare professionals, but it doesn't even apply to businesses such as those uh, medical well, facilities. Remember what I talked about in, you know, when we started talking about this, there are policy forms for certain industries that give you back coverage. And under you as a nonprofit organization would not purchase a medical office insurance policy because you're not a medical office. Okay. So given that information, there could be subsequent coverage that is given back under a medical office insurance policy that you wouldn't see in a retail policy, you know, if someone's running a retail business. Um, and I'll take, an, I'll take another example. Restaurants w- are suffering terribly right now because they, a lot of them, if they're walk-in, they've been closed, okay? Uh, drive-thrus mm-hmm. are still mm-hmm. open, but restaurants by and large, if you walk in, are closed. Well, Given that, under a restaurant policy, under some insurance, some policies that I represent, there is coverage afforded under that policy for virus and or bacteria contamination, and, and but it's a limited amount. But it refers back to, again, it's a restaurant, whereas you can, you know, something could happen as far as some type of virus and or bacteria could be transmitted by an employee into the food or into the environment that causes you to close, okay? So, again, I think what what you have to do is you have to reach out to your insurance agent. You have to have this conversation with them. They need to come back to you and say, here are the policy forms. This is what you have. This is what we see, you know, and then you go from there. Um, again, these are not hard and fast rules, but I'm just saying that most policies are going to have some type of an exclusion for virus and or bacteria under their policy. But that doesn't mean they're not going to have a give back if it's a certain industry. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where by having a good relationship with your insurance um, provider, then you will probably be able to deal with this a lot better than the person who doesn't really have a good relationship and they don't know what's in their policy and what's not in their policy. So this is a good case for future insurance people to make sure that their clients know what they got and what they don't have. And we appreciate Susan for sharing this information. But Susan, uh, when it comes to, uh, you mentioned employees, how does that come into play? Um, Like you mentioned, a lot of retail, anybody that's dealing with the public has different rules now that the government is saying that these are the rules. It's not like a storm didn't cause the problem. Um, I'm not saying the government caused the problem, but the government said you can't have dining in the restaurant anymore. You can't have more than 10 people in, in, in the space anymore. Um, because of that, uh, how does that kind of trickle down to these employees that maybe now are out of work or maybe they got the, the virus now and, and they want to kind of apply for workman's comp or something like that? That That's a great question. And workers' compensation, of course, is a, is a different animal altogether. And I use that term loosely because workers' comp provides payments to injured workers with, without regard to who was in fault at an accident or for time lost from work or for medical and rehab services. It also provides coverage for work-related illnesses 
as well as providing death benefits to surviving spouses and dependents. Each state has different laws governing the amount that is paid out under duration of the lost income benefits. So first of all, you got to check with your state to see what those requirements are. Second of all, it is possible for an employee to file a work comp claim related to the coronavirus. Uh, the claim is going to be investigated and evaluated based on the facts and the circumstances surrounding the incident. But you've got to keep in mind that the work comp system is not the appropriate starting point for the coronavirus concerns, testing, and treatment. You want to go to your medical provider. And right now, I've looked it up on all three insurance commissioners' websites for Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina, and they are waiving those fees that might be associated with the um, testing opportunities that you have. Um, in other words, you're not going to be charged through your health insurance carrier to get tested, which is a good thing. So that's been waived, but you need to find out first of all if you had it. If you if you've contracted it at work, you know, and that's where it originated, then there could possibly be coverage for you under the workers' compensation statutes by law. Um, but each claim is going to be investigated, and it's going to be investigated and judged on its merits. So that information has got to be sent directly to the work comp carrier. And what I'm telling my clients is let's err on the side of caution. You know, if you have an employee that has tested positive, file the work comp claim, you know, and, and then make sure that your the rest of your employees are quarantined for the 14-day period. Um, and then you go from there. But each each claim is going to have to be judged on its own merit. And that's not up to your insurance agent. It's up to the work comp carrier. So the more information you can provide for them about your work environment, uh, you know, your industry has a lot to do with it. I mean, the medical care professionals right now, um, they are very susceptible. Hospitals are, doctor's offices, you know, that type of thing. So we're going to see some work comp claims that are going to come out of this, and we're going to see some work comp claims that are compensable out of this for workers' compensation. But again, then, it's going to be judged on an individual basis. Right. And then uh, this is one of those situations where you're suggesting it's better, better to err on uh, kind of submitting this earlier than kind of waiting on things once. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am telling my clients, and and I, I would think that for the most part, most insurance agents are doing this because we are in un, uncharted waters. We, we're in this boat right along with our policyholders. We, we are, and we are, we're trying to err on the side of caution. And I'm telling my clients, even though you may have these exclusions under your property and business interruption policies, okay, you may have these exclusions. Even if you do, we are telling our clients, we're going to submit a claim on your behalf. Keep up with your information. If you have to downsize, if you lose revenue because of this, if you lose contracts because of this, compare what you were doing this time last year to this year at the same period of time. Keep all of that documentation. We will file that claim. And what the insurance carriers are doing is they are going to investigate each claim on its merit. Okay, and that's not a call your agent needs to make 
it's the call that the carrier needs to make. And we really don't know what's going to come down the pike from the federal government or the state government levels. We don't know if they're going to say, we want these insurance carriers to do X, Y, and Z. We don't know that yet. So we're saying, let's file it and let the let the insurance carrier determine if there is liability. I mean, if there is coverage there. Yeah, Roz, this is so important. This was so serendipitous that we covered uh, business insurance just a few months ago. So I hope that the listeners uh, took us up on that suggestion to get with their insurance uh, provider to make sure that they were getting good information and good advice. Not that anybody could have anticipated this, but um, having solid business insurance and having a solid business insurance expert on your team is critical for any growing business. Don't you agree, Roz? Oh, I do. And Susan, you know, one of the things you mentioned was about what was happening at the state levels um, regarding insurance commissioners. And I know you and I have talked about even some legislation that may be taking place. Um, Can you speak to that? You know, can you share that with our um, listening audience? And it's not necessarily here in our region, in the state of Georgia, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, but it could be a paradigm shift, a tipping point as to way um, insurance um, companies are going to start looking at um, pandemics such as this one. Okay, sure. I'll be glad to. Um, First of all, let me just address, because I did go through uh, the websites for the insurance commissioner's office in Georgia, North and South Carolina, and uh, the insurance commissioner office in Georgia has issued a directive to all insurance carriers to stop all notices of cancellation for non-payment of premium, to defer payments for insurance monthly premiums, if you're paying monthly or or whatever, for 60 days, Uh, the same for payment of audits. Um, So basically, the insurance commissioner's office in Georgia has taken a pretty tough stand on this. Not that I have not seen insurance carriers complying with that. They actually came out with this a little bit before what I saw from the insurance commissioner's office. But South Carolina has, they haven't issued a directive, but they have basically issued a bulletin saying that they want to see insurance carriers uh, extend premium payment deadlines, um, additional times before non-renewals and cancellations become effective things of that nature, and then also suspending all payments for health insurance. You're Right now, you're not allowed to cancel health insurance for non-payment. Um, so they, they deferred those for 60 days as well. And North Carolina is also following suit. They have basically issued it as a suggestion to relax due dates for premium payments, extend grace periods, waive late fees and penalties, um, allow payment plans for premium payments to otherwise avoid a lapse in coverage. These are suggestions, but I don't know of an insurance carrier that is not following this protocol right now. So insurance carriers are doing everything they can possibly do in this short-term interim period to alleviate the financial stress for these business owners and, and for individuals as well. So that's a good thing. We might see, we, we are seeing right now in New Jersey, they have a, uh, they have pending legislation to basically forego this absolute 
virus bacteria exclusion so that business interruption will apply to policyholders in New Jersey. Now, whether that passes or not, I can't speak to that. But but that has come out. So we may be seeing some other states following suit on that. We just don't know. I mean, it's kind of a you know, open can of worms right now. And I think what is going to happen is that we're going to see the states working closely with the insurance carriers that are licensed to do business in their states in trying to mitigate the situation and find a way through this. And just to be clear, you're saying that if the legislation passes in New Jersey, that is specific to those to carriers, even though they're national carriers, to honor to those policies just in New Jersey. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that could be, you know, as you and I spoke on the phone yesterday, that could be argued th- up through the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court, and then on up to the Supreme Court, depending on the insurance carrier's approach to this, and if it passes. See, so we, we just don't know yet, but there is legislation out there right now. So that's kind of unprecedented too. But we saw a lot of this, we, we saw a lot of, we, we saw a paradigm shift post 9-11 and, and the and insurance carriers approach to paying terrorism claims. And subsequently out of that came that national terrorism coverage that we got through the federal government. We could see something along those lines. We just don't know. This is all so new, but I promise you there are a lot of people thinking about this along these lines, and we're going to see a paradigm shift after this crisis is over because it it will absolutely be addressed again, either on the federal and or state levels. So what do you think insurance agents, uh, you know, what do you think, excuse me, businesses should be asking their insurance agents right now? you know, about their programs um, and more respective to concerning the coronavirus, but just even overall, what should they be asking their insurance agents now? Uh, well, the questions I'm getting are, are what we basically talked about. And okay. uh, as, as, as I told you yesterday on the phone, I'm, I'm talking a lot of people off the ledge right now. People are in a panic mode and, and, and they're afraid that they're going to lose their livelihood. And I am telling our clients, we're going to do everything we can to help mitigate the situation. We are all in this boat together. And all we can do as agents is to educate you and going forward, you know, just like asking, I mean, I I spent half the day yesterday with insurance carriers on the phone via email or email asking for, you know, deferred payments for my clients because some of these that are paying monthly installments are not in business right now. Their doors are closed and so they have no income coming in. As an agent, our duty to our client is to do whatever we can to help mitigate this and navigate this situation for them so that we can come out on the other side. And that's, I think that's all we can do right now. Well, in mentioning about, you know, even the legislative, you know, legislation that could possibly take place, now is the time for business owners to come together and talk to their prospective legislators in each state, you know, Absolutely. about this. Start Absolutely. getting this conversation going. 
Absolutely. It, it, it absolutely needs to be, needs to have that conversation. And we're going to see some changes come out of this. There's just no doubt in my mind about that. Um, what those changes will be remain to be seen. But I do know post 9-11, we had a lot of insurance carriers and we had a lot of professionals that were involved, you know, on the private sector side, on the government side, working together to determine how are we going to address this situation if and when it ever happens in the future? Well, guess what? The same thing is going to happen with this because this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. I, I don't ever remember seeing anything like this before. Well, surely not in a lifetime. What about you, Lee? <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah. think uh, this is, you know, the first time we have experienced something on this magnitude. You know, no. we could say that we've experienced it on this magnitude and the impact economically, you know, from a health as well as a economic impact that it's had, you know, on not just our country, but if you think about globally, the world, you know, because everyone is being impacted, you know, by this, you know, coronavirus. This is a situation that is unprecedented globally, uh, obviously, in our lifetime, um, historically, there's been pandemics before, global pandemics before. Uh, we just don't remember. And uh, we survived and people survived and, and some people did better than others. And I think this is one of the great values of the members for the GWBC. You're equipping them with the brain trust they need and the trusted advisors that they need in order to handle these kind of crises and to navigate the waters and to come out better on the, at the end of the day on the other side of this. So this is really another testament to uh, the work that you're doing, Roz, with GWBC to help your members kind of be prepared for these things. Now, no one could have anticipated this maybe, but there are crises that happen periodically and you have to be ready for them. And you're giving them the information they need to really get through this, which I'm sure the vast majority will get through this. So um, that's important work that you're doing. And Susan, you're doing as well in terms of educating us on um, how to, you know, kind of get the most out of our relationship with our insurance person and to really make sure that they're helping us during this time of need. Uh, Thank you for that. And and, and that's what we want to do. If if I've relayed anything during this radio broadcast, I want the listeners to realize that they need to call on their insurance agent. Their insurance agent is their advocate in this situation. So please look to them for advice and look to them for information based on, you know, who you're insured with. Um, there, There is information coming out every single day from every single carrier I work with. And, and, it's very good and it's very useful information. I'm passing that information directly along to these clients. And, um, and, and, you know, again, we're all in this together. We're in this boat. We've got to weather the storm. And your insurance agent is your advocate. So look to them. If you need help with those premiums, if you need help with something, look to them for this because these insurance carriers are out here. They want to work with their clients. They want to work with their policyholders. And your insurance agent is your go-between, your, you as a policyholder and your insurance carrier. Well, Susan, thank you so much. I mean, I appreciate and we appreciate all that you've done um, today in sharing this information 
with our listening audience, you know, on how to navigate through this insurance maze and for our businesses to understand this is a part of your value chain. You know, this is one of the ways that you, once we, right now, we know we're in the midst of this, but we also need to look at some proactive measures as well as to how we're going to mitigate this going forward and understanding how to protect your business going forward. So we're just encouraging our listening audience, you know, to stay engaged, you know, with us so we can all unite and be stronger out of this challenge, you know, that we're facing because together is how we're going to be able to do it. You know, united is how we're going to be able to do that. And just not lean on, as Susan said, your agents talk to each other because you may have some best practices that you may be able to share as well, you know, of navigating through this as leaders. Um, and too often, sometimes we constantly talk about the business, but it's the leaders of those businesses that also need that support as well. And that, that mental um, break you know, so that you can make good decisions. So, you know, one of the things, yeah, yes, absolutely. And, you know, Susan Gravely, uh, Gravely and Associates, you know, is advocating out there for her clients. I mean, she is a great resource of information as it relates to this. She's constantly on the front lines. And this is not just during a crisis like this. She does this every day as Hopefully, your insurance agents are doing that for you every day. Well, thank you, Roz. I appreciate that. I just want to make sure that Susan gets a chance to get her website out there for anybody who wants to contact her. Oh, okay. It's www.gravely, G-R-A-V-E-L-Y, and A-N-D, Associates, A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-E-S, dot com. And one of the things I will say, thank you. You want to repeat that one more time? It is www.gravely, G-R-A-V-E-L-Y, and A-N-D, associates, A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-E-S, dot com. Thank you, Susan. And you're welcome. You you can also visit our website at gwbc.org. Check out our special webpage on coronavirus. And what it is, is how to help businesses navigate through this crisis. There are six tiles there that you're going to be able to click on to get links to information, including two links to Susan's comments, to Susan Gravely's comments that are also on our website of information that she has provided us as well regarding insurance. So we encourage you to continue to stay strong. We encourage you to continue to have faith. We encourage you to continue to have hope. And we encourage you to continue to lead through this as we move forward. Because remember, nothing is impossible. And the word itself says, I am possible. And that's by Audrey Helpern. So that was my parting thought for today's show. Lee? Well, thank you, Roz and Susan, for being part of the show today. It's so important information. And remember, this is why you're a member of GWBC, is the power of the network 
and to let you lean on the leadership that are part of the team and all of the people that are the thought leaders that they have in their uh, network to help you navigate these rough waters. Thank you again, Roz. And the website for GWBC is gwbc.org and uh, Gravely and Associates is gravelyandassociates.com. And this is Lee Cantor for Roz, Susan, and Stone Payton. We will see you all next time on GWBC Radio.